Welcome to Haven Today on Christmas Eve. I'm Charles Morris, and I pray you're having a wonderful Christmas. Yesterday, we began a Christmas special called the Son of David, and we're looking at the importance of Jesus as the King of Kings. He is both the King of the universe, since he is God, but when he took on the body of a human being, he was born in the line of David, fulfilling that ancient promise given by God through the prophets. And yesterday, we left off with Samuel. The Israelites knew that they needed a king, at least in part, but they came to Samuel and demanded a king like all the other nations have. And did they ever get one? Saul looked the part and started out well, but it quickly became clear this Benjamite was not the answer. The rest of 1 Samuel is really showing us something important. Saul wasn't the kind of king that Israel needed, but David was. And so this man after God's own heart moves closer and closer to the time where he will sit on the throne of God's people. But then David was not the final answer. And that's why David's son needed to come. Christmas came because David was not that person. Someone better was needed. And the good news is, he was on his way. This is why the Apostle Peter could preach to his countrymen on the day of Pentecost, saying, Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing that it was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life. And we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. This was always the plan. Jesus was always the goal. It is the greatest story ever told, and it's all about him. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, oh, come ye, oh, come ye to
story singing with Stephen Curtis Chapman, O Come All Ye Faithful, on a program called The Son of David from Haven Today. Without David, we would have a difficult time understanding who Jesus was and what he came to do. In 1 Samuel 16, we have one of the great turning points in all the Bible. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil, and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. And as soon as David, Jesse's youngest son, came in, the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Different Christians have different Bible passages that they favor from all over the Scriptures, but almost every Christian knows 1 Samuel 16. This is one of the big ones, and the story would be missing something if we didn't have it. And of course, in the next chapter, David kills Goliath. And finally, after all these generations, Israel has a leader to succeed Joshua. The people of God have a king that was anointed who would crush their enemies and finish the conquest. David was a descendant of Eve. That cannot be denied. And more specifically, he is from the people of Abraham and the tribe of Judah. And he was a king then, one after God's own heart. The Old Testament wants us to wonder if this is the one. After all, David might be the seed, the Savior, the Messiah. But then we keep reading, and it quickly becomes clear that David is not the final answer. After the king was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. But Nathan agreed to David's plan without asking the Lord. So God spoke to Nathan and gave him a message for David. This king, after God's own heart, would not be the one to build the temple in Jerusalem. Instead, Yahweh would build David a house and not a stone building. God meant that he would give David a dynasty. He promised your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Clearly, David wasn't the final savior or the ultimate anointed one. Otherwise, there wouldn't needed to have been anyone after him. God had planned something else. His people needed an even greater king. And the Lord was going to give them one. And that's exactly what he did. Hundreds of years later, in the city of David, Bethlehem. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see the light above thy deep and dreamless sleep. The silent stars go by, yet in thy dark streets shineth 
the everlasting light the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight for Christ is born of Mary and gathered all While mortals sleep, the angels keep their watch of wandering love. Oh, morning stars together proclaim thy holy birth. And praises sing to God the King and peace to Send to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide with us. Brandon Heath from his Christmas album, O Little Town of Bethlehem, on a program called The Son of David. David was a king who did a lot of the right things in God's eyes. He was a man of faith who believed the promises Yahweh had made to his people from Genesis 3:15 onward. He was a man of gratitude who responded to the grace God had shown to him, but he was also a sinner. In 2 Samuel 11, we come to the infamous story of David, Bathsheba, and Uriah, a terrible story. It shows us the depth of sin, even in a man who was after God's own heart and had been blessed by Yahweh in almost unimaginable ways. But it shows us something else as well. It shows us that God makes promises to even the worst of sinners. He made a promise to David that one of his descendants would sit on the throne forever. And when the first Christmas finally came, and a boy, a baby boy, was born in Bethlehem to a virgin named Mary, the Lord's promise came to pass. That baby would grow up. That child would live a perfect life, even as an adult, and die a sacrificial death, but rise again in triumph to sit on David's throne. And one of the people he did that for was David from long before. Christ's ancestor needed him as a savior. And so do we this Christmas. David himself understood this. We know that David wrote many of the Psalms. And Psalm 110 is one of the most famous. That's where we read these words. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. 
The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying, Rule in the midst of your enemies. David knew that he himself was not the Messiah, but he also knew that one of his descendants would be. David would die, but one day an everlasting king would come from his line. The prophets proclaimed this too. Jeremiah once said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. If not the Son of David, Jesus Christ. An arrangement by John Rutter, the Cambridge Singers, and the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra from Handel's Messiah, for unto us a child is born. 
You know, the order of the Old Testament in our Bibles is not the same as the order in the old Hebrew Bibles when Christ was born in Bethlehem. You and I finish our Old Testament when we read the final verse of Malachi. But for first century Jews, the final words of the Bible are found in First and Second Chronicles. And how did these books begin? With genealogies. Especially important are the ones that tell us the line of people from Adam to Abraham, and then from Abraham to David. And wouldn't you know it? How does Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, begin? With these very words. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. This is all one story. It's the greatest story ever told. The greatest story imaginable. And it's all about Jesus, the son of David, the one promised and expected in the Old Testament, and the one who showed up in an unexpected way, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So as we celebrate this Christmas, when things are closer to normal but still strangely different, take some time. Remember who Christ is. He's the heir to David's throne. He is the promised one, the Messiah. And Savior Jesus is the leader and king the people of God have been looking for since Adam and Eve fell into sin in the Garden of Eden. Remember, Christmas is not just something that happened unexpectedly. It's connected to the Old Testament. And Jesus is the answer to God's promises from the beginning to the end. What a story. What a promise. What a Messiah. Jesus Christ, the Son of David. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. of his love and wonders, wonders of his love. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive our King. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing.
probably my favorite Christmas carol or hymn, Joy to the World with Faith Hill, backed up by a full choir and orchestra here in a Haven Today Christmas special, The Son of David. You know, that is quite a song. Joy to the World was written by a man named Isaac Watts in the 1700s. But the fact that it's such a popular Christmas carol is surprising, and here is why. It talks about Christ's second coming more than his first coming. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. And that's the curse from Genesis 3. As you and I have thought about who Jesus is as the son of David, we've seen a lot about the past, but what about the future? Well, we can take comfort that Christ is sitting on the throne at God's right hand, ruling this universe. And as the people of God in the Old Testament waited for his birth, now we get to await his return. But why can we be confident that he's coming back? Well, because he came the first time. Because the son of David was born in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. And he was born to complete his mission, a mission that won't be finished until he returns. You see, without Christmas, without a little baby laid in a manger, there would be no cross, no empty tomb, and no second coming. So how can we not end with the most famous of all Hebrew words, hallelujah, which translated into English means, God be praised.
a Haven Today Christmas special, wrapping up with another song from Handel's Messiah, the Hallelujah Chorus. I'm so glad you were able to join me today as we celebrate Jesus together. My prayer is that the scriptures we've looked at, along with the songs we've heard, have caused you to worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior, Jesus the Christ. When you have time, we'd love to hear from you, and you can call us at 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. And Merry Christmas from Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Long ago, the angels announced the birth of Christ, singing peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And yet today, the world continues to grapple with evils like terrorism and countless types of injustice, which is why we need to hang on to the promises of God's Word even more tightly. The same prophet Isaiah, who prophesied the birth of Christ, had this to say about the days yet to come. Speaking of the Messiah, he wrote, He shall judge between the nations, and shall decide disputes for many peoples, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. May I invite you to rest on God's promises daily? Visit GetAnchor.com.